Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Jeanine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I hope everyone is enjoying their day so far. It's a wonderful day here in New York City. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. There is so much that happened this week in America. Our president, Joe Biden, is over there in Saudi Arabia on his knees begging them to drill more oil so we can buy it from Saudi Arabia which makes absolutely no sense to anyone, given that we can be energy independent and, in fact, were energy independent during the Trump years. Uh, And the the biggest insult to all of this, folks, is the fact that in addition to uh, shutting down the American entrepreneurism and, and capitalism and the businesses and the pipeline, Uh, This president is saying, uh, you know what, I want to buy your oil from Saudi Arabia. And folks, this oil has to come to the United States on an oil rig. It's dirtier than uh, than American oil. And yet he's so worried about green energy and clean air, and yet he wants to import all this dirty oil for his so-called green energy uh, transition. It is, it is, I'm going to say it, it's anti-American. When you subjugate American business to Saudi oil, it is anti-American. And our president doing that is not only subjugating us to them, but he is hurting Americans and he is hurting the economy. While the president is over there, he was in Israel first, but he's over there in Saudi Arabia. Guess what? All of the Democrats who were looking to run for president, one in particular, uh, is making moves while Biden is overseas. Uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor from California this week, uh, is out there in the West Wing coming out so the cameras could catch him. Mr. Too Cool for School. He's got his jacket flung over his shoulder with his hair greased back. And he's like, everybody, look at me. Imagine what it'd be like if I were your president. Uh, And, you know, he actually says, he says, um, you know, I, I, I believe that Joe Biden should be president. But at the same time, I'll never forgive myself if I don't say what I think. Well, listen, guys, this guy wants to bring his his uh his way of handling government where uh california in the united states has the 44th rated education system he wants to bring all of that to the united states uh and california residents are dealing with the long-running homeless crisis soaring gas grocery prices rising crime in major cities and we'll talk about that with john hitami later in the show with that lunatic george gascone and you know why Gavin Newsom doesn't weigh in on that and say, hey, I want to protect the people of my state. No, he's too busy, uh, you know, getting tan and walking around the West Wing and the White House as Joe Biden's over there in uh, Saudi Arabia trying to figure out how he can get some oil for us. And, uh, you know, the amazing part of this guy, Newsom, is that he's already going after Ron DeSantis. And, uh, you know, because he believes, obviously, that DeSantis is a guy that he's going to be running against. But 
Um, he says that uh, the the DeSantis passed the don't say gay bill. And, of course, nothing in the bill says don't say gay. But I love the way the, the Democrats say freedom is under attack in your state, according to Newsom. He has an ad out there. And Republican leaders are banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms. You know what? The books that they're restricting are books that are in the first grade that actually describe what it's like to have sex, to have gay sex. They they want to sexualize your child in school. And uh, Ron DeSantis, to his credit, said, no, no, not in my state. And then now there to- there's talk. Guess what? Hillary Clinton has announced a premiere date for her new show, Gutsy. You know, the woman never gives up the opportunity to uh, to show up on the national scene. Of course, she lost for president. Uh, she tried to run twice. Uh, and I guess she figures that that qualifies her for a third run for president of the United States. And uh, she only laughs when asked if she'd run for president again. What's with these Democrat women? They're always laughing. Clinton's laughing. Kamala Harris is laughing. I think they're laughing at us, folks. But hopefully we'll have the last laugh when it comes to both of them. We'll get into all those topics and break it all down for you here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. And never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Piro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a publishing executive, a politician, a podcast host, and an author and editor-in-chief of Forbes magazine. He has a new book out, folks, and I can't wait to read it. It's called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. And I'll tell you, if anyone is trying to understand what's going on in the country right now, this sounds like the absolute primer that we need right now. So please join me in welcoming Steve Forbes to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. All right, Steve, just another, I want I want to mention a couple more things before we get into this. I mean, you are the expert when it comes to the economy. Uh, you know, your your newest podcast that you have, What's Ahead, uh, you, you have some of the world's top newspaper, newsmakers and politicians in business and economics and you know your signature views on the intersection of society economics and policy are certainly uh, noteworthy and uh, you did a uh, a highly acclaimed public uh, television documentary in money we trust with a question mark at the end so uh, you know of what you speak steve so welcome let let me ask you first what is inflation why is it that we are now experiencing the highest inflation in 40 years? Uh, at, is it 9% now, 9.1%? That's, uh, that's the number that uh, just came out. And uh, that's why just about a year ago, we decided, uh, and two other authors decided to do the book, do it in a jargon-free, reader-friendly way to explain this phenomenon that has got people obviously very upset, busting family budgets, and people wonder what in the world is going on. So he thought this book would enable people to get their minds around it and better understand what's happening and what we can do about it. Okay, great. All right, so people say, Steve Forbes, that inflation is nothing more than a tax. 
on on the middle class, the lower class uh, economically in our society. And what I'm reading is that people are now suffering. Talk to me about how it hits the average family. Well, what it's done in terms of both of food and fuel, uh, where people see it every day when they go fill up or go to the grocery store, is that it's hitting a typical family four to five thousand dollars a year. Right. Now that'll come down a little bit, but that's uh, that that's a big hit. And then with the Federal Reserve, our central bank raising interest rates, what that's done is raise mortgage rates. Most people, as you know, have uh, adjustable mortgage rates, and those are going to be going up when those adjustments are made uh, as they come uh, due later this year. So uh, families are being hit. And the thing to understand is there are two kinds of inflation. One is what you might call non-monetary inflation. That is things that happen like you have a drought or you have a storm or you have the shutdowns that we had uh, two years ago that vastly disrupt things, raises prices. And normally, those kind, that kind of inflation, you if you leave the economy alone, you come out of it. But unfortunately, we have a government in Washington right now that is uh, putting in policies to hurt that readjustment, to uh, uh, hurt the supply. You know, if the prices are going up, what you want to do is have uh, producers producing more, because if mm-hmm. you produce more, then the price is going to go down. Instead, we have Washington waging war against uh, the uh, fossil fuel industry, oil and gas. So we have the president going to Saudi Arabia and uh, asking him to produce more. Why isn't he going to Louisiana, Texas, North Dakota, and uh, getting more oil and gas from the U.S., which is there, which is regulations are blocked. Uh, They've also put regulatory obstacles, burdens, especially on smaller businesses, uh, $200 billion worth last year. So it's a doctor who, instead of uh, curing the patient, is making the patient worse. You then know- you have, Gene, the, uh, the, the, the money kind, which is basically you reduce the value of the dollar by creating too many of them. And that's what the Federal Reserve or Central Bank has been doing. Okay. So when the Democrats came in and they passed the $1.9 trillion so-called rescue passage with the Democrats in the House, the Senate, and the Oval, not one Republican vote, Larry Summers, a Democrat, came out, or at least, you know, someone who had worked with uh, Clinton and Obama, uh, a well-noted economist, said this will create record inflation. And it has. I mean, Steve, we're not talking about something that people don't understand. And yet Joe Biden and, you know, I don't want to make this a political segment. What I want to do is try to understand how we get out of this mess. But but he just keeps saying now he's talking about a bill back better, uh, another version of it to put more money into the economy, which will make the inflation worse. Well, that's right. And uh, Larry Summers was right a year and a half ago when he sounded those warnings. Other Democrats did as well, and uh, the administration chose to ignore people who had had experience and warn what they were doing. And so uh, uh, the Biden administration also wants to raise taxes. That's the worst thing you do when you have a troubled economy, an economy that's slowing down. So in terms of uh, what they should do, it's very clear. Let's start producing oil and gas. Let's start making it possible for uh, businesses to produce more so we get those prices down. And the Federal Reserve uh, stop mucking around with interest rates, stop uh, playing around with the dollar and uh, have a stable dollar. And we've been doing this on and off for 50 years when we went off the gold standard back in the early 1970s, before most people were even born. 
mm-hmm. and that slowed over time the growth of the economy. You know, if we, I'll just give you one statistic, sure, which will shock you. Mm-hmm. When we had a stable dollar, gold base, which we did for 200 years, the average growth of the American economy, and I hate to throw out a number, but it's important, was after World War II, 4.2%. When we started to make the dollar a uh, plaything of politicians and central bankers in the early mm-hmm. 70s, Mm-hmm. went down to 2.7 in 50 years. Now, that may not sound like much, but you compound that over time. It's been devastating. Give you one other number. Household, median household incomes today are $67,000. If we'd maintained our 200-year average of growth, this country, that household income today would be 100 to 110000 So imagine how much better off we'd be today Typical Americans had a stable dollar and thirty to forty thousand dollars of extra income. That is what happens over time when you let the politicians play with the dollar. And you know, Steve Forbes, I mean, you know of what you speak here, and you know that, that it's really depressing. And the number that you quoted, uh, uh, you know, uh, average Americans paying four or five thousand more a year for this inflation that is being caused by putting too many dollars into the economy. And, you know, you can't help but intersect that, as you did, with gas and oil. And, you know, the idea of going to the Middle East, Steve Forbes, on bended knees to Saudi Arabia that you called a pariah, uh, it, 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 to ask them to drill for oil when we can do it in the United States. I mean, we're sitting on you know billions of barrels of uh, uh, billions of uh, barrels of oil in in Midland, Texas. Uh, it it is anti-American. And you know, when they say, Steve, tell me if I'm wrong, Steve Forbes, that it's all about the green energy transition. Look, we import dirty oil with the oil rigs as opposed to pipelines from, you know, the Middle East. What is what is the point? I mean, the the oil is dirty over there. At least the oil we make here is clean. And they talk about clean air. Well, we all breathe the same air. We're breathing in the dirty air from, you know, these countries that are that are not involved in, in any kind of energy efficiency. Well, that's right. And you have uh, China now, as we speak, building 50 different uh, new coal-powered plants, India doing the same thing. And you talk about uh, the Texas, the Permian Basin there. This mm-hmm. administration is proposing regulations uh, that is going to cut production. I don't think the rule is going to go through because the outcry is going to be too great. Cut that production almost in half. What are we doing? And why is Saudi oil more sacred than American oil? Well, that's the question. That, that is that is exactly the question. And yet what we've got is a president. Uh, and, you know, it, it, the, the truth is that Joe Biden, I don't believe, is running things. I, I just can't imagine that he that he's capable at this point. But aren't there enough people in America to kind of knock some sense into these people. What is it about Saudi oil or what is it about shutting down American entrepreneurs and, you know, American energy independence? How does that benefit us? It doesn't. And uh, this is why I think uh, you're going to see changes in the election. A lot of independents are upset. A lot of Democrats are upset. They want to change, of course. And in terms of uh, alternative energies, it's gonna that 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 uh, that that stuff costs more than uh, fossil fuels, and even the Europeans, which are very green-minded, say natural gas is a clean fuel. It is good for uh, the environment, uh, unlike coal. And so, why are we uh, 
mucking around with our production of uh, natural gas. And uh, I hate to mention the two words, nuclear power. Mm -hmm. That's pretty clean, too. That doesn't have any carbon impact. So in terms of uh, if they're serious about the fuels, go with what works. We have natural gas. And uh, and yet they're doing their best to uh, hurt the production of it and makes it more expensive. I'll give you one other number. I know this will be controversial. But in the last 20 years, governments have spent around the world $5 trillion on solar panels and on windmills. $5 trillion. What you've got for that is the amount of energy that is produced by fossil fuels worldwide has gone from 86% of energy in the world from fossil fuels down to 84. 2% <laughs> for $5 trillion. Imagine that is amazing. Imagine that $5 trillion for clean water, better products, new medicines, new medical devices, how much better off we'd all be. So there's a lot of colossal waste and failure out there that's got to be exposed, and I hope it is when we get a new regime in Washington. Well, you know, the amazing part of it is, you know, sometimes when you hear politicians talk about what a great job they're doing, you know, Americans just kind of go about their day. But right now, Americans are feeling it, and that's why I agree with you, Steve Forbes, that there, there's no question that Americans are hurting. Everyone is hurting. Inflation is a tax. Uh, you know, the price of gas is, is, is through the roof, and the idea of uh, basically crushing the American spirit, the American entrepreneurism, and American uh, uh, oil – uh, to go to a foreign country and beg them for their oil is uh, it is to me it's anti-American, it's anti-capitalism. I mean we are capitalists, and I think that this is what's going to cause the people to say enough. And now the idea of taxing businesses, small businesses in America. I mean, how is that going to help anything? Biden's coming up with that it, idea. It does, it does the does the exact opposite? One of the great strengths of this country is our ability to create small businesses, which often become tomorrow's big businesses, that kind of vitality. And then uh, I have to mention again, our friends at the Federal Reserve, I put quotation marks around friends. <laughs> they, believe you, they, they believe you get rid of inflation by slowing the economy down, creating more unemployment. You know, 200 years ago when patients got sick, doctors used to bleed them. Yes. That's what the Federal Reserve is doing now. Of course, bleeding got rid of the pain and suffering because it got rid of the patient. The Federal Reserve <laughs> wants... The Federal Reserve wants to slow the American economy down, crush demand. And uh, that's not the way you cure inflation. You do it by producing more, having a stable dollar, which we've done in the past. This is no new stuff we're proposing. We've known what's worked in the past. And so uh, we have economic malpractice on an epic scale. Well, you certainly put it well. And the, the idea that, uh, that after spinning us into inflation, that they're even discussing raising taxes on small businesses. And then, Steve Forbes, the idea of, a, you know, a gas tax holiday, that then it will stimulate the demand for more gas. And doesn't that put us even further into uh, a recession? Well, it, uh, it, it's uh, one of these gimmicks that's uh, here today and gone tomorrow. Instead of these uh, 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 politically election-oriented fixes, why not produce more of the stuff so we have a permanent holiday from high gas prices? How about well, that? that? 365 days a year. All right, Steve Forbes. Steve, it's, it's been great having you on uh, the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Thank you so much for joining us Judge, and sharing you. your expertise. Have a great day. This 
is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a longtime prosecutor in Los Angeles, California. Join me in welcoming John Hatami to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. John is a uh, a longtime child abuse prosecutor in L.A., and John has uh, been carrying the uh, torch for crime victims as he blames D.A. George Gascon for the county's nearly 40% rise. Get that, folks? 40% rise in homicides in the last two or three years. He believes, as I do, that Gascon's liberal policies like imposing zero bail uh, for low-level felonies allows career criminals to be out and about. He urged the L.A. residents to kick Gascon out of office, and uh, people across America agree with him. Uh, so right now we're going to welcome John to the show. John, the latest, the latest uh, faux pas by uh Gascon uh, is the fact that he is ending or shutting down the so-called lifers unit uh, in the DA's office. And let me just explain what that is. Uh, whenever someone is up for parole, uh, and I did as DA, you send your assistant DA out or you have them at least respond to the parole board with whether or not we believe an individual who is in prison uh, should remain there or should have the opportunity to get out on parole. Gascon apparently decided that he'd shut down the parole, uh, the the unit where the DAs responded. But worse than that, he doesn't want to notify victims. John Hatami, take it away. You know what? What he's doing is is, is actually atrocious. There are numerous individuals who are in prison uh, for murder. Uh, numerous individuals in prison for serious uh, sexual abuse cases. Uh, serial rapists who receive life sentences. And because of uh, certain laws that have been passed over the last 10 years, including elder parole and youthful parole and other resentencing statutes, many of these individuals are now eligible to receive uh, a parole hearing. And many of these victims didn't fill out a form because they thought these individuals would serve 50 to life, 100 to life, 150 life, and would never get out. And so now the district attorney is getting notified of these parole hearings, and he's determined that it's unnecessary to contact the victims. He's determined that we shouldn't send a prosecutor to these hearings. He's determined basically that he just wants to push all this stuff under the rug and release uh, serious and violent criminals and not let anybody know about it. That's pretty much what's happening. You know, I, I got to tell you, John Hatami, the thing that absolutely amazes me is that he says while a victim has a right to be notified, uh, they also have a right not to be contacted, suggesting uh, that it will be an imposition to notify a victim that a dirtbag criminal already in prison is uh, up for parole, which is it, it's anti-victim. Uh, it is uh, it is promoting the release of violent felons into society because we're talking with this lifers union unit about serious felons. Um, the statute requires that victims be notified. Am I am I correct, John Hatami? You are correct. The California Constitution clearly says that we have to notify victims when when a uh, criminal who's hurt them or hurt their loved one is up for parole. George Gascon basically is just telling everybody he just doesn't want to do his job. He thinks it's unnecessary. Uh, he said that he said it's too time consuming 
to actually call victims. But the problem is, is that's our job, Judge Nadine. Our job is to let victims know that somebody's up for parole, to go to the parole hearing, to get the documents, to file motions, uh, to make sure that if this individual is dangerous, that he doesn't get released back into society, and also to fight for the victim. That's something we've been doing for the last 50 years. So it's not time-consuming. It's not unnecessary. It's actually our job. That's right. what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, John Hatami, the, the amazing part of this is that, you know, for him to allege that it's time consuming when many of them are up for parole, uh, when, as I understand it, uh, he changed some of the rules that allow people to be up for parole earlier. I'm not quite sure how that works. But it seems to me that if someone is violating the, the California Constitution and the right of victims to be notified, that some kind of mandamus or, you know, some kind of uh, uh, legal uh, maneuvering to force him to do his job. I mean, I know you're trying to get him out, and uh, most of America agrees with you, John Hatami, that that George Gascon, the LADA, has to go. He is promoting criminals over victims. He is releasing violent felons into the community intentionally. Um, but but isn't there? Has anybody thought about a mandamus or getting the the courts to require him to at least notify victims? There has been, Judge Jean, a lot of uh, victims and victim rights attorneys have started coming together, and they're talking about filing an injunction. And what you said about George Gascon is right. For the last 10 years, uh, he's been working in San Francisco as the district attorney there, and he's helped legislators in California pass laws regarding elder parole, regarding youthful offender parole. Basically, he's helped draft laws that allow serious and violent criminals to be eligible for parole hearings. So I believe this is a plan that he's had all along. He's been working on it through San Francisco. He's been working on it here. And what he wants to do is he wants people to get up for parole, be released back into society, and have nobody know about it. And this is something right. he's planned for a long time. You know, uh, the interesting part of it, the human aspect of this is, you know, when someone has committed a violent crime, let's assume that it's a murder. So you've got the family members who are left who need to be notified that the killer will is about to be released or there is a chance that that killer will be released. I don't think a lot of people realize the danger that that family is in because that murderer has sat in prison for a long time thinking about how his life was ruined by the victim that he killed. I mean, they'll blame they'll blame the person that they killed. And then the victim's family may have been a witness in the case. The victim's family was in court every day. You know, the victim, the witnesses who testified, they need to know that this individual who's already victimized one person or killed a person is going to be out. I mean, it is it is contraindicated and it is it is an embarrassment that in the United States we have someone like uh, George Gascon. Uh, the recall he's got, we've got enough uh, signatures in California. When is the election going to be on the recall, John Hatami? So the recall now is, is going to a full count. The uh, registrar of voters is going to look at all the 715,000 signatures to make sure that we have enough signatures. We need 566,000 valid signatures. We'll know by August the 17th uh, if we actually have enough certified and verified signatures. And if that happens, Judge Dean will either have a recall election in November, December, or January. 
And we need to do everything we can to get this individual out. Like you said, you are exactly 100% right that individuals need to know if violent criminals, if serial rapists are going to be released. They need to be able to get a protective order. They need to fight to make sure that person doesn't get out. They need to make sure that person doesn't go move and live near where they live. George Gaston doesn't care. He doesn't care about the safety of anyone. And it's really atrocious. Well, it is atrocious. And what he's doing, John, is he is he is basically training a whole office of so-called prosecutors that their job is to protect the criminal that, you know, this this social justice. I don't know what that is. But what I do know is that we are a country of of or supposed to be a country of law and order and accountability. And this, you know, the the recall of Chesa Boudin in uh, San Francisco, I was reading that the new DA there had a meeting with some of the top prosecutors and that the new DA said uh, or somebody leaked that, you know, they barely spoke to her when she had the first meeting of the high level prosecutors. Uh, I know that when I came in as DA, I brought in my own team. Uh, You've got to bring in a team of people who believe in the work that we do. If you don't, then you risk people undermining the job of the DA, which is to enforce the law, to make criminals accountable, and to protect the victims. I mean, you're, you're again, 100% right. Listen, the main job of the district attorney is make sure that homes and communities are safe. That means you need to follow the law and enforce the law. That means that means you need to protect families and protect victims and fight for them. That means that you need to hold individuals accountable if they commit violent crimes. And, and that, that means you actually need to do your job as a district attorney and prosecute cases. We have a very lawless society here in Los Angeles. George Gaston does not enforce many of the laws here in Los Angeles. And, you know, you see what happened, like you said. Uh, we have a ma- major increase in homicides. It's a 15-year high. Uh, we have a 64% increase in shootings. 64% wow. increase in shootings. Wow. Um, we have grand theft auto, which has increased. We have robberies, home invasions, which are increased. You can't even wear a watch in California, in Los Angeles, without fearing that you're going to get attacked or robbed. You can't even go to the store, buy, buy groceries. Uh, you can't even walk down the street or go have lunch with a friend, uh, or you're afraid you're going to get attacked by somebody and get seriously injured. That really isn't the Los Angeles we should want uh, uh, or the Los Angeles that we deserve. You know, uh, John Hatama, you've been a prosecutor for a long time. Uh, I I just can't believe we're having this conversation where we're having to convince people that someone who is letting criminals out, someone who, you know, is, you know, believes that victims, uh, even though statutorily they should be notified, you know, don't have don't have a right to be notified. Uh, is is in a position of power. We've got it in Manhattan with this guy, uh, uh, Alvin Bragg. I mean, we've got it in Philadelphia. I mean, you, you know, George Soros's money has made it possible for these people to turn the criminal justice system upside down. But forget that term. It's allowed criminals to victimize innocent, innocent people in America. This isn't the way the country is supposed to run. I mean, you're exactly right. You know, it means George Soros has his hands in many of the cities here in the United States of America. He's put a lot of money into a lot of these uh, very, very rogue and radical prosecutors uh, from New York to California. Um, You know, Alvin Bragg charging somebody 
who clearly um, was defending himself in his own uh, um, store. The bodega. Um, and, yep. Yeah, it, it's atrocious. Uh, you know, Jose Alba um, was attacked by two people. One of them was armed with a knife. He got stabbed. He's smaller than the, the uh, perpetrator. He, he's, he's also older. And so that's classic self-defense. So what's happening is these progressive prosecutors are charging law-abiding citizens with crimes for defending themselves, and then they're releasing serious and violent criminals. It's backward. And many people need to realize how powerful the district attorney is and vote for a good and honest district attorney who wants to do the right thing. And John Hatami, you know, you talk about this case, which has got, you know, people across the country and obviously in New York uh, furious that the bodega owner who is 61 years old, who's never had a problem uh, and in fact tried to defuse the situation when a woman came in with a government card to buy potato chips or something or government card didn't work. She goes home, gets her boyfriend, who's a career criminal gangbanger, two prison terms uh, in addition to a long criminal uh, rap sheet. And she brings him back. He corners the owner of the of the bodega. The owner then tries to get away as he corners him, and then he knocks him down. The career criminal knocks the bodega owner down. And then the bodega owner just grabs a box cutter, and he ends up killing him. The bodega owner tried to de-escalate. He said, hey, Papa, hey, Papa, I want no trouble. I want no trouble. But the dirtbag gangbanger is going at him. And John Hitami, the thing that makes me really upset is the fact that the woman the girlfriend stabbed him three times in the arm in the shoulder and that those stab wounds were infected as the bodega owner was held in rikers until there was a public outcry that got him out of rikers and and the da says well i don't want to charge her she was she was protect she was helping her boyfriend I mean, this is just stunning. And now Alvin Bragg is being called out and he says, well, I'll make a decision. What decision do you have to make when the crime is literally on a videotape? I mean, this is an injustice. And you know, Judge Jeanine, you know by being a prosecutor that Alvin Bragg has committed prosecutorial misconduct. We do not charge individuals unless we have the evidence to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. He ended up charging uh, Jose with with secondary murder. Uh, had an yeah. increased bail, and now he claims that he still needs to investigate. That's yep. prosecutorial misconduct. You cannot charge somebody unless you have the evidence to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. In addition to that, this is America. We're founded on the concepts of self-defense. We're founded on the concepts of protecting our home, protecting our loved ones, protecting our place of business. And this is what uh, this individual did. Somebody who immigrated here from the Dominican Republic who wanted to have a better life in the United States of America, and now he's being punished for actually doing what was right, which is protecting himself. And so Alvin Bragg should be ashamed of himself. I'm, 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 I'm shocked that an actual district attorney would stand up and say he's still investigating when he already charged somebody with murder, had him sent to a custodial facility, and had an increase in bail. And now he tells everybody in New York that he's still investigating. That individual should never have been charged if he hadn't completed his investigation. And that should scare people that we have district attorneys such as George Gaston, such as Alvin Bragg, such as uh, Larry Krasner, who care more about politics and ca- than they care about actually doing the right thing. And that should scare Americans. And I hope they come out 
and vote these individuals out of office. I agree. All right. John and Tommy, good luck out there in L.A. with the recall of uh, L.A. District Attorney George Gascone. We look forward to having you back, John and Tommy, uh, when the uh, when the election uh, is scheduled. And we'll see what we can do to help you in terms of getting rid of George Gascone. Thank you, John and Tommy. Thank you so much, Judge Janine. All right. Take care. It's the Judge Janine Show. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. Look, folks, right now, we are in a situation where inflation is eating at our salaries, at our incomes, and we've got to recognize what the reason for that inflation is and why we are suffering in a way that this country hasn't suffered in over 40 years. As far as I'm concerned, right now we've got an, an administration that is doing everything it can to make it even worse for Americans. They're talking about uh, a gas tax holiday, which will create more of an incentive to buy gas, and then we're not going to have enough gas, and then the prices are going to go up. Even the Democrats are deeply dissatisfied with the slow pace of progress of Joe Biden. And even though the Democrats say they are dedicated to the rule of law, they are not. They are not dedicated to saving us from this incredible economic slump that we're in, Some would call it a recession. I know that I do. And right now, the overall disapproval rating of Joe Biden is at 36 percent, the lowest of any president in history. And let me tell you something, folks. He earned that. That didn't just happen. He worked hard to earn it with his one point nine trillion dollar rescue package without a single Republican vote. Everyone knew what it was going to do. It would create record inflation. And now the guy is even talking about another spending bill. Uh, that will create even worse uh, inflation and put us into a recession if we're not in it already. And thank goodness for Joe Manchin. He is the one of the few sane voices in the Democrat Party. And so while our president is over there in Saudi Arabia on his knees begging for oil, uh, we in America here are just waiting for November so we could put in some people with common sense And I'm not even talking about politics right now. I'm talking about the economy, the the fact that American families have to deal with this, this predicted inflation and recession. Democrats predicted it, and Joe Biden doesn't care. And I'll tell you, folks, if anyone deserves the 25th Amendment and being taken out of office because of his ineptitude and competency, it's Joe Biden. And I, it, you know, it is, a, uh, it, it is stunning to me that no one is approaching it. And it could be because the stand-in Kamala Harris will just laugh her way through the end of the administration. So while people are dealing with the increase in prices of food and gas, uh, there is any help on the horizon. The cavalry's not coming in. We've got to wait until November to see what we can do to help Americans. And in terms of crime, we've got prosecutors across this country. And amazingly, people never understood the importance of, of the district attorney and how the district attorney sets the tone in a particular county. 
I know that one of the things that I did when I ran for DA and I, I was elected, reelected, reelected again, was I talked about business, not because I was in the business of business, but because if crime is is out of control, businesses can't function. Families can't survive. You can't have schools that that are safe. They knew in this county and in every county where there's a prosecutor who understands his or her job that they that 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 we have to make criminals account for their actions, that there has to be consequences. And when there is law and order, then businesses can survive. Families can be safe. You know, schools, uh, churches, synagogues, whatever are able to uh, uh, survive. And unfortunately, what we've got is an administration that is promoting lunacy from law enforcement to the economy uh, to the culture war that we will see in November. And you mark my words, November, the election and the midterms will all be about a culture war. It's not going to be about the economy because what's Joe Biden going to say? Yeah, I got a great economy. No, they're going to do exactly what Gavin Newsom did this week by saying freedom is under attack. He's full of it. He ought to go back to California and check out the Tenderloin District where people are shooting up, buying drugs, and literally dying as school children have to step over them. It is insane what the Democrats are doing. If you think it's time for a change, if you don't buy into their lunacy, which you shouldn't because it's affecting your pocketbook, it's affecting your safety, then you have an obligation to say to yourself, I'm going to go out in November. I am going to make sure that I vote for people who don't just talk the talk, but who walk the walk. I think the first thing that anyone running for office should answer is, do you love America and do you believe in the Constitution? If they love America and if they believe in the Constitution, vote for them. Otherwise, every word out of their mouth is a lie. Anyway, that's my take. So uh, thanks for Joining us today, make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining us.